0: I think this is
1: the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take
0: one. Join us in the shop. Hello,
1: and welcome to the latest Spool Podcast with your favorite film fans, Pork McGill, and me, Nigel Wheatley. Hello. So, it's the halfway point in the year, pretty much. So, we're going to go through some of our best and worst films of the year so far. We're going to give a quick preview to the Galway Film Fla and look ahead to July and early August releases. But first, it's been a month since we published the podcast, so we've got an absolute bucket load of films to get through. So, we're going to kick off a little bit of Spider-Man Far From Home, which is in cinemas this weekend. And here's Peter and MJ having a little bit of a heart-to-heart in an opera house. Uh, Yeah, so you get a little bit of sense of the chemistry between them from this.
0: You look really pretty. Therefore, I have value? No. No, that's not what I meant at all. I was just... I'm messing with you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. You look pretty, too. Oh, my gosh, opera glasses. So cute. Can I want to go in on a pair? You mean let's sit next to each other?
1: Yeah. Parker, are you in
0: position? No.
1: Okay, no. Why the hell no? (laughs) You just
0: don't want to <laughs> I didn't mean that, I, uh, uh, if you go ahead, I'll go grab us a pair. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm coming.
1: I'm... There you go, opera glasses, which is amusing because the whole film is actually about a pair of sunglasses which is very strange. So, uh, yeah, we got to this last week at a kind of packed-out Cineworld IMAX screening. Continues to be the best screen in the country and the best Mm. place to see this kind of film. Um, So this is Tom Holland as Peter Parker in his, probably his his fifth on-screen appearance, if you count the Avengers films. But his second Spider-Man standalone film after Homecoming. um, It's a... It's his, yeah, his fifth film. yeah wow. Sorry, I had to do the maths there in my head. Two <laughs> Avengers, two Spider-Mans, and the Captain America Civil War thing where he just showed up. Anyway, so um, Friendly Neighborhood, Spider-Man is back with Ned and MJ and the rest of the gang. They're going on a European vacation. The film opens just after the end of the last Avengers film where like, the, the blip has kind of been overcome and everyone has mm. been returned. and so This is going to be quite a spoiler. Heavy. This is spoilerific. So I suppose if you're thinking of going to see Spider-Man yeah. and haven't, or haven't yet seen, seen it, Avengers. scrub ahead. We're going to give maybe four, three, four minutes chat about this. And if for yeah. some reason you haven't seen the Avengers, just to mention the Avengers, I don't think it's going to get the record with uh, to become the oh. highest grossing. It just keeps stumbling. It's about twenty million behind, but it's on two point seven nine and it needs to get to like two point
0: eight three. But sure if it does can James Cameron not just re-release he probably will re-release Avatar before the new Avatars come out. Yeah, but no Avengers
1: really is trying to get the last bit, but no box office mojo telling me it's not really getting anywhere. So uh, anyway, so Peter wants to kind of leave all this behind. Clearly, this Tony Stark's dead. That, yeah, his mentor is dead, and he's been through the most traumatic kind of thing. So they show a certain amount of emotional stuff, and he needs a bit of just a bit of process, a bit of catharsis to just step. Actually, not catharsis. The opposite of catharsis. Just like escape and um, go to Europe with his friends. He, tell boy. MJ that he that he that he loves her and all that kind of thing. So that's all going grand. Gets to Europe, and then all of a sudden, Nick Fury tracks him down, and Quentin Beck, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who the public then dub Mysterio, comes on the scene um as the guy who's saving everyone from these big like elemental blah 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 attacks, blah 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 blah. Mysterio is bad. Um don't think that like that's fairly obvious if you know anything about yeah, Spider Man, he's clearly the villain.
0: But it's really you can it's well, really darling. foreshadowed because you're like yeah. Jake Glenholf too big an actor to be nobody an, in an ally. This. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So um and uh, during all this just his main goal is to get this pair of sunglasses that Tony Stark left to to Peter from him and once he has them all of a sudden um, Mysterio becomes this all powerful um, thing and It's like a yeah. mixture
0: of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. Uh
1: yeah, yeah. He's really good though. And like his main thing is that he just hangs in the background in these motion capture suits. Concocting these incredible effects, so it's quite a little bit behind, uh, you know, look behind the curtain and stuff. Um, I really liked it. The action bits are are great; they're grand. But really, the chemistry between MJ Peter and, and Ned and um, mm. the other girl that I can't remember is why I kind of liked it. And the two teachers, um, who I loved as well, Martin Starr from Silicon Valley and
0: what else? Do you know him? Freaking geeks. Oh, freaking geeks. Yeah.
1: And then JB Smooth from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. and yeah. other stuff.
0: They were kind of they were funny, but I was just like, these are. A bit weird it's like the director whoever it was who was like oh i like these guys can we kind of shoehorn them in yeah i thought the humor was good some of it didn't land a hundred percent where i was a bit like oh it's a tough ask to follow it was coming so soon after Why Avengers so quickly and Captain Marvel spider so... into the spider-verse which was yeah possibly the best film of last year mm-hmm. or this year did it come out it was no last last year end of last year yeah um so yeah it's kind of a tough task to follow he is possibly the best spider-man yeah um so I'm kind of curious more so by the next one. I didn't like that it was in, like, Europe. <laughs> There's obviously some insane tax break because Men in Black was also in London yeah, and Europe. Know. There so. was
1: that trend where a lot of the blockbusters kind of mm-hmm. um, moved across to China. Yeah, Like Spider-Man's
0: um, New York, you know. Just yeah, go back so it's to the New first York. Spider-Man
1: film that isn't based entirely in New York, which is
0: And note. were you correct that it's the first uh, non-Stan Lee
1: I think so. Yeah, there's no Stan Lee, uh, cameo in it, that, mm. as far as you know. So, a lot of things ended. This is considered the end of the third uh, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all that. It ends, here's the proper big blockbuster, blah, 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 blah. Big spoiler, skip ahead, press the scrub 30 seconds. The two post-credits scenes are both brilliant uh, in that. Peter's... Um, yeah, because identity is revealed, and um, because Mysterio basically concocted the master of illusions this is obviously a master of propaganda. Very clever. It ties into a lot mm. of how the media and how.
0: <laughs> There's kind of like an Info Wars type. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Please take.
1: exactly. J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons is back and probably got the biggest cheer and the biggest reaction. I was like flabbergasted. I loved it because he's, he's such an iconic yeah. character from those films. So um, brilliant. And then. You wait till the very end and you realize that uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill, played by Kobe Smulders, have actually been played by designated good people, scrolls, who we met in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Which, and Nick Fury has been on the beach in space. Uh so, yeah, Seems this like again, he's on a bit
0: of a binge, getting locked, doesn't really care anymore. Just having
1: a laugh, but possibly running things from, from space. So there's a whole thing where S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of shut down and there's a new version of S.H.I.E.L.D. that runs in space, according to my my, my frantic Googling, uh, called S.W.O.R.D. So this might be the new kind of conglomerate. And that's, we know Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel are more space based.
0: Things. And is so, Guardians of the Galaxy the next one
1: due out? Uh, I think so, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Three will be and I guess Thor is kind of in it and blah blah blah. So mm. that's that's where we're at. Anyway, I really liked it. I'm in a very like but instantly almost instantly forgettable. Like I felt great during it, it was really, really good buzz. Mm. Went home buzzing, that was great. Next day I was like, What did I do? Like it didn't have oh, any yeah, lasting yeah. impact. Yeah. Um in the way Avengers did stick with me. I went to see it twice and, and all that. So but it's it's nice that these smaller films can just be kind of standalone things. Anyway, mm. uh out of five? Uh three. Three, yeah, and I'm a four. So definitely, if you're into these films, it's a must see. Um, so we saw that last Thursday in the IMAX, and then we were back there seventy two hours later.
0: Yes, for um, Apollo Eleven, it's kind yeah. of fifty years quite soon since uh, the July moon 20th. landing. Yeah. yeah, do you remember it? Uh, no. Yeah, do your parents remember? It? My dad remembers watching it on the telly. Yeah,
1: which is kind of cool. There's lots of cool, like different institutions and stuff are. I remark in different ways As mm. BBC World Service have done a great podcast. CNN Films who did this um, have a podcast on it as well and this TV Some documentaries TV, and
0: stuff. but like they should just replay the footage like yeah. where you pretend like, you know, nowhere do in America probably do it but like BBC, it'd be kind of thing where BBC from like eight o'clock to, you know, at ten. This is what it was like. Yeah. yeah, and here we have the moment and everything. Uh, so I think Apollo, it was in the middle of the night, wasn't it? 2 a.m. or something. imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So it's director Todd Douglas Miller and he's kind of brought together all this footage and um, that's kind of laying, you know, in the dark for loads and loads of years. There's lots of footage that no one has seen before. It's all been cleaned up, given IMAX treatment, uh, lovely 70 mil and... Yeah it looks absolutely amazing. It obviously it tells the story of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins being the different Michael Collins as yeah. we learned in school. Yeah, nice connection though. Um so their mission to the moon, uh, they launched on the July 16th and then landed on the moon on the 20th of July. So it kind of it's a very straight documentary. There's no talking heads. It's all footage from the time.
1: Which you love cuz you Hey, Talking Heads. Yeah, but
0: I'll kind of get on to this when we talk about Maradona. I found it a bit harder to like latch on to this film and kind of get emotionally engaged. Like, it looks amazing, but it's very ABC, very like that's pure documentary filmmaking. It kind of though, is yeah. pure, but it's kind of hard to when you're so prone and like exposed to all this other type. It's hard then to go back where we you're just watching it. Also, was not perfect viewing experience. We had these two old people beside us who just would it. not shut up. I thought they were
1: great. They were kind of discussing some of the technical things um, and just yeah. mumbling during it. And they were all these old guys. And I, yeah, I thought it added to it.
0: <laughs> My favourite part is kind of the shots of the crowd watching the moon, uh, let the rocket take off. Because it's that kind of like late 60s, early 70s, mad men. Here's real people. Everyone just like sitting on the hoods of their big, long cars, yeah. you know, sleeping on tents. Everybody has like a perm. All the men are wearing like suits and hats. And it's taken off in texas and it looks like it's about 100 degrees celsius
1: yeah and stanley Kubrick could have filmed most of it paul thomas anderson yeah this sort of look and feel like in terms of i was gonna say the costumes but just what they're wearing like, yeah the production design which was real life yeah life
0: because uh, like uh, neil armstrong we kind of noticed when we we're watching it the main character in 2001 has clearly been chosen to resemble neil armstrong
1: uh timeline check uh <laughs>
0: Well, he would have been an astronaut. He would have been an astronaut, I guess, and would yeah. have made...
1: Yeah. And probably that thing of the buzz cut American hero. Yeah. Uh, maybe Buzz Alder. Yeah, I don't know how well he was known. Or Neil Armstrong. Yeah. And then, obviously, Ryan Gosling in Damien Chazelle. Yeah. So, it's kind of...
0: If you haven't seen First Man... like Because, to me, before I st- knew anything about this, you were kind of like... They just went... In that rocket, and something came off that rocket, and then they just landed on the moon, but it's way more complicated. there was like stuff had to come out of this stuff, stuff turned around, hitched on, went down. Michael Collins was rotating up, and then it's just kind of landed so if you've seen First Man, you kind of know that, and you have all the emotional part of it, so this is much more like how we actually did it yeah,
1: and a good they work well together, yeah, I think as a like this provides context for all the the grief and the testing and the trials and the pressure from American society. To get it right and mm. you know 1969 like they, the jfk said we will do this in the 1960s and it was pushing on you know yeah. and they spent when you see the, the stats about the amount of money related to the economy and the percentage of money that went into it it's insane mm. for just something that they didn't really get anything out of i guess they didn't know they wouldn't get anything out of it but yeah they. it's so
0: strange it. to see so much of the footage because like i believe people landed like it happened. I, I'm not really a conspiracy theory guy. But you're so aware of all the conspiracy theories. So when you're kind of watching it and you see the footage, you're like, oh, this could all be fake. Or it's just, it's kind of hard sometimes to... It'd be like would difficult to, to,
1: yeah. to construct it. Yeah. yeah. Um, The music was another thing that really stuck with me. Uh, yeah. Matt Morton used all 1960 synthesizers for... It was phenomenal. I was yeah. like, did Hans Zimmer do this? I yeah. thought it was great. And I
0: just kind of saw before I came over that Adam Hollander... Did the cinematographer for first, and he was also the DOP for uh, Midnight Cowboy. Kind of other films. Ah, so it's like, let's okay.
1: oh, go. Cool. They do credit everyone as a cinematographer, though. Yeah, as and in Armstrong. yeah, apparently the, the, the astronauts iconics,
0: got into the like cinematographer AFI or kind of yeah. or that kind of whatever ah, equivalent. Yeah. So.
1: it's just weird to think like, and they're like, oh, I'll just change lens, I'll just do that. There's lots of stuff just in reading up around all that and the various supporting things. The apparently the the thing that this doesn't touch on at all is like the technical stuff that went wrong as they were trying to actually take off from. Have you ever heard this anecdote where this circuit breaker broke and uh, Neil Armstrong had to use a pen like shove it into a thing and wiggle it around in order to like budge the whole thing? Wow. So there's lots that you can read more about it, but for me, this yeah. is how it was on the day without you know going too far behind the curtain. Like, it's mm. not quite propaganda. Yeah. Like it's brilliant propaganda, but it's mm-hmm. not sh- talking about any of the, like, it's not talking about Neil Armstrong's insane depression and no. grief. And it's and not anything. like
0: in an Apollo 13 where it's just like... All yeah. the drama and kind of, yeah. yeah.
1: And the highlight, you forget that they had to live in a caravan for about three weeks afterwards. And the caravan yeah. seemingly drove around the country. Yeah. And just they waved at everyone. And talked to it's their brilliant. wives through phones
0: outside it, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely loved it. But yeah, um, yeah out of five? Three again for me. Very good. Mm-hmm. What do you think i give it out of five? Uh, four. No, I'm in the five camp. i oh, will okay. think about it more and more. I want to yeah. see it again. Um, Try yeah. and see it in IMAX if you can. Like I don't know yeah, if anyone it's else no longer in shown in, in IMAX in in the IFI, I think they have oh, okay. the, and Lighthouse I think has it um it and then maybe the Palace in Galway I don't know I think Spider Man has kicked it out of the IMAX for a while but there is also a forty minute cut if anyone is listening from somewhere that has like a science museum or something those origi- you know the, those IMAXs in, yeah. in Glasgow and stuff and and places they they have a shortcut for it like a forty minute thing which would be cool to kind of see um. So anyway, um also over the last weekend got to see Toy Story 4. You haven't seen this. Everyone knows about this. so I'm going to fly through it. Um fourth possibly final though, who the hell knows, installment in the Toy Story franchise. The last
0: from Woody seemingly though. No? Feels like
1: possibly the end of the uh, spoiler. He does not die because obviously yeah. he's in, he's a, he's a toy. But they tie they tidy things up. They could evolve it okay. uh, in such a way that this is a new new class, much like the X Men films. But um, Andy's gone to college or jail or anything. I don't know where. do they th- gone to work in in uh, JC or something? Do you know where Andy is?
0: No. Where they didn't have a dad in the first one, and it wasn't because like he's an only child or like it's just because they were really bad at animating humans. They were like. We won't do more than we have to.
1: We'll just do one, yeah. So um, Andy's not there, but uh, the focus sh- is shifted to Woody and Buzz and everyone as they embark on a road trip with Bonnie. Um, because she's just starting kindergarten or something like that, So, which actually doesn't add up from a year, maybe junior high. Actually, I don't know what year this is even in, considering the last one was nine years and she existed then maybe it was nine years maybe it just followed it maybe they're doing the Avengers thing anyway um, they go on a road trip and Bonnie and then Bonnie has a new toy which is like this toy she made in her her uh preschool thing out of a fork and blah, blah blah and they they lose the fork and they have to go find it and all this so anyway <laughs> it turns into an unexpected reunion as woody gets reunited with bo peep and this kind of means then that buzz takes a bit of a back seat and it's more becomes a romance kind of thing about them Oh, okay. and then, spoiler 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 the two of them possibly can they go off into the sunlight and or sunset as a couple and leave oh. everyone behind so um yeah it's like i was kind of I'm delighted with this. You feel love. There's lovely bits in it. It's really, really well done. But again... Does it sully the bit... first three? No, it doesn't sully them at all. They're okay. all still really, really good. But the one thing that just got me thinking was it's such a long time since them. And then I was just looking back on how I watched all the other ones and how I would have seen all them. And Yeah. So I saw Toy... You're asking? Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, Toy <laughs> Story 3, I saw in the cinema during the World Cup in South Africa one afternoon when it was too hot mm. to, to do anything. So that's where I saw that. 2010. And then Toy Story 2, which I think was 02, wasn't it? I saw that with my sister. And then I don't remember seeing the first Toy Story. I think I saw that on video. So anyway, what I was thinking then is... You get this thing that Toy Story One becomes this VHS thing that every house sort of has a copy of. Yeah. And the kids and everyone. Toy Story Two is all about DVD, and then Toy Story Three was on Netflix for a long time, and then this is going to be what Disney Plus will probably launch. launch with, with okay. In November, so I turned this into an annoying analogy about distribution models and <laughs> uh, physical platforms and physical media. Okay. If that's what I, the way I was thinking about the films, then maybe it wasn't as good. It's yeah. hard to it's hard to fault. It's just unlike solid. when you're watching. You liked Coco, didn't you? Yeah. Well, Coco was so fresh and. Exciting and new songs and everything. Yeah. With this, it kind of felt like it could have been a nice little webisode or something that they were. But I think Pixar but haven't
0: you... done a good film in a, quite a long oh, time. Y- yeah, yeah. So it must. Be, it, it's good that it's got a good kind of story because I think yeah. a lot of ones that people were like, "Oh, that's amazing." Which is like, yeah, the start of that was good, but the end was crap. As in yeah. Up and Wally. We also didn't have a pre-film. Have they stopped doing them? I okay. watched Coco at home. You know the shorts. Were you no
1: for Toy Story? Yeah. the must was have one. no. Oh, no, us in the lighthouse, so, I think, because we saw trailers and ads and all that kind of thing. Oh, wow, okay. Unless they put them on before the ads. Anyway, I need to look into that. Yeah. Uh, so that was, I think it was in the cinema four times in the last sort of week or whatever. Wow. Child's Play was the other one then.
0: And that came out on the same day as Toy Story. Yeah. Which a, was
1: kind of great. With a child called Andy and a yeah. talking toy, so... I'm not saying I preferred Child's Play. No, no I definitely didn't.
0: Okay, because it's not great. I'm no, going to talk about but it's that now.
1: so, so forgettable. Yeah. And um, Toy Story, I'm given, by the way, you know, a at, at three and a half, maybe a four. It's okay. grand.
0: <laughs> you basically gave a two star
1: review there. But no, you're no, like, no, no, no. I, oh, I said, you can't fault it. It's just kind of like, whatever. It's like a good chicken dinner. You're just like, yeah, like, grand. <laughs> not okay. I'm di- not going to diss it.
0: So, yeah, Child's Play came out on. Kind of the same day as Toy Story, uh, directed by Lars Klevberg. Hasn't really done anything else. He seems to have another film coming out this year called Polaroid, where it's like a haunted Polaroid camera. So look forward to that. Uh, So this stars Aubrey Plaza as a mum, and uh, Gabriel Bateman is her kid. She's a weird actress,
1: isn't she? April from Parks and Recreation.
0: She kind of suits this, because she's kind of like... I don't know if she needed to be his mum. She could have been maybe an older... Like an aunt. Yeah. I, I don't really see her as, you know, Old and she sister. even isn't very much like, I don't really think I'm a mom to this kid. And then they uh, have just moved to this kind of run down kind of shitty apartment. And one of their neighbors is Brian Henry from uh, Paperboy. Uh, yeah, Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. So he's kind of uh, and cropping Beale up and Street, everything. If Beale Street could talk. Yeah. He that? And he was in the other thing with the he's a busy man. Yeah. Um. What was that film called with the Michael? collins liam neeson and uh widows he's in widows oh yeah anyway yes so there's michael a, collins <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a new toy that's come out called a buddy and uh aubrey plaza works at like i don't know if they say which it, but is it's basically, basically yeah yeah like a talking doll it's she's she works at like a walmart or target and someone returns this back to her to be like oh it's not working it's like an AI toy where it's you're like, talks to you, it's kind of like a Siri or a whatever. And
1: we see behind the scenes, back in Hong Kong or whatever, mm. as some guy has gone rogue and he's put his own chip override. Yeah. Safety, sentient, safety thing, like, let this one go mad and the eyes go red and mm. ships it off. So it's always going to land somewhere. Yeah. Has he so, been fired? Not it. He yeah. wasn't very productive.
0: So then when Buddy comes into the house and he starts bonding with the kid he sees that the kid is annoyed by Aubrey Plaza's boyfriends and kind of neighbours and stuff so he was like oh you don't like them so I'm gonna like get revenge and be really evil so like he kills the cat ends up killing uh, his like would-be father-in-law but like it's just kind of daft. It's not there's no real jumps or scares in it at all. Uh, it's kind of gory in an old school way. It's kind of fine. But it's very forgettable. Um don't go see it like it'll be on Netflix in six months. Yeah. You it's know?
1: very very forgettable. Um it's cool. I did like the the artificial intelligence voice speaker stuff. At least it's something a little bit fresh to the whole and thing. And it
0: makes it Oh, and Mark Hamill sorry plays the voice of yeah. Chucky.
1: Which and he did voices in um a film that I can't remember where he does the voices of well from about three, two, three years ago, Big beat me and... Anyway, you can just look it he up. also voices it's the Joker. Brilliant. He does a lot of voice yeah, work. Yeah, but it made me think about how good this other film where there's a teddy bear that he voices is with the guy from Saturday Night Live that I'm just having a mental block. Okay. but um, Ted. Yeah, no, not Ted. But it's very, very, very forgettable, but grand. Yeah. Is what I would sort of say to it. Um, I'd kind
0: of give it like two and a half, three.
1: Yeah, slap bang in the middle, two mm. and a quarter. Um, Very good, so... The other one that we're going to go a bit more, um, have a think about, is the... Oh, the full name. I can't remember. Is it the Rolling Thunder review, a film about Bob Dylan or something like that? But not really, because it's all fake. So basically, um, yeah, documentary in inverted commas. This is on Netflix. So we're both kind of recovering. We're not recovering, but I would say, like, you know, I was way more of, of a Bob Dylan obsessive. And now I'm completely passive to to him. Um,
0: You're not going to Kilcanny, basically? Not
1: going. I haven't seen him since in nine years. Like, you know, I did mm. my binge in the previous decade. Maybe in the 2020s I'll start <laughs> again. Yeah. But um, yeah, so big interest in Bob Dylan's career, obviously, and um, when you see that Martin Scorsese is doing a film, and he did No Direction Home in 2005, you know, your interest has kind of peaked. This is about the Rolling Thunder review tour, a revue tour from 1975, when Bob was just kind of recovering from you know, he needed to get away from a marriage that was possibly kind of failing and everything, and just wanted to go do a bit of an old school carnival sort of tour um, around some of the kind of mi- north east states of America, like Virginia, um, West Virginia, and, West all sorts Virginia of kind and of that. stuff. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, so that's all grand. So they the the footage is brilliant. It's never kind of looked as good. These were like I used to I listen, watch all these before YouTube. Said the old man before YouTube. Uh, you I get these all these DVDs. DVDs and I'd sell bootleg <laughs> DVDs and I'd like trade them. Mostly it was a nice community of sharing. Yeah. media and you'd you'd send when you send blank DVDs off and you'd send some guy an email. He'd put stuff on it and then you you share mm. the like it was good. It was a, a good culture of sharing and everything. So I saw this footage like years ago in bad in worse way worse versions because bob worked on his own film called ronaldo and clara this four hour like kind of fictional documentary about that tour fictional documentary again so that's kind of known to some people, not but not to everyone. And so a lot of that footage ends up here, but looking really, really nicely restored. And as with uh, Apollo 11, you know, there's a buzz to seeing footage. Oh, that just definitely. So yeah. good very excited. With a good sound it. system. So the songs are brilliant. And then there's some backstage stuff that's a bit weird. And you're like, is this scripted? Is it real? You're like, okay, whatever. And then there's interviews with lots of people who um, were involved and then there's interviews with lots of people who had actually weren't involved, who are just script uh, playing scripted yeah. things, and they're which, not small people; they s- are big Sharon, actors. As yeah. in Sharon Stone d- talks about her her involvement. We all watched it without knowing this because we deliberately avoided yeah. reviews, and it was kind of exciting. And we were like, "Oh, that's that's amazing! Really yeah, mad. is that true? That is she, this how she became
0: famous? Because yeah. she knew
1: Bob Dylan. Yeah, and um, one thing from that apparently she was only seventeen at the time, but they clearly aged her up to say she was nineteen. So as the 17 thing would have been a bit weird. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, like, Some of the that side was cool. And then the yeah. next day, we're, like, sharing these WhatsApp things. And, oh, turns out this was all kind of phony. And that director, like, Stephen Van Dorp, who yeah. we're told is a film director, is actually he's just this actor. Yeah. It's great fun. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, we, f- you don't feel
0: cheated. There was times <laughs> of it were tough watch, like you've mentioned. Like, the, the footage of the gig and all was brilliant. But, like, there was a time. And it's just because we've got older ourselves. When you're watching the behind-the-footage stuff, you're like, these are all such spoofers. But so they all of them just, are like younger, pop on. And they're younger than we are now. Yeah.
1: Like, And so they're at a time when... Like, this is mid... Like, whatever, 1970, 75... But Bob is about 76. our age. Yeah. He's so very...
0: he's kind of like... You can see he's a bit like, oh, God, why am I hanging out with these people? And he's just kind of, I think, having a bit of fun with them. Whereas yeah. there are all these kind of sad hanger-ons. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's cool. The
1: footage of that time looks really good. The song's really good. Um... I enjoyed it and then I enjoyed that we'd been played as well and I'm, deli- I'm glad it exists but I guess I was a little disappointed because mm. it wasn't what I got it's in, nowhere in near as good as No Direction no, Home No Direction Home is the definitive document of his career at that time folk culture and everything and I kind of thought this would be like what musical society and what America was like just pre-punk and just uh, you it's know not that is era and it's
0: brilliant and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, Desire
1: and know. Blood on the Tracks were a yeah.
0: proper return to form.
1: So anyway, Before so that's it. But I I'm torn with what Mark I'd give it. Like I'm in the probably three and a half to four. What are you on the five? On the, no, five? Pr-
0: probably three to middle yeah. again. Or look, you know,
1: yeah, but well worth kind of putting on in the background. Maybe it's not quite. Clear your schedule and watch it. Anyway, we have seen way too many other films, so we're just going to burn through some of these rapidly. Stop me um, if you have seen any of these. Two cents, yeah. Yeah, so uh, first off, Booksmart. Have you seen it?
0: Yeah, loved it.
1: Excellent. So, yeah. So I would say it's not as perfect as a lot of people claimed it was just before it was coming out, and everyone was... Saying this is like Lady Bird, it's better than Lady Bird. <laughs> so you think it's perfect?
0: I think it's pretty flawless, yeah. yeah, thur- I just
1: loved it, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Olivia Wilde is the director, which wasn't much talk about that. And um, it's funny, it's heartwarming and a worthy modern coming-of-age comedy classic um, within this. There was and a and thing a nice that kind of
0: annoyed film. me where I was like, oh, it's going to be a first kind of female teen story where the two friends don't have a big falling out and bitch about each other. And then that did happen, and I was like, oh. But then, if it didn't happen, I suppose there's no conflict that needs resolved, so it would have yeah. been a pretty boring film. But, yeah.
1: I don't know, I was kind of, like... And very diverse cast, sexuality, gender. Like, it shows represents what actual yeah. American high school is a bit more like nowadays. Anyway, yeah, I did really, really like it. I was thinking about, it was just ages when yeah. I saw it. And everyone was like, this is the greatest film ever. And I was like, no, it's not quite, like, John Hughes-esque. Oh, no. But it's very, very good. Mm. Um, Dark Phoenix, uh, this is the X-Men film, so... Kind of thought it was like going to be like Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel and all that. Um, but uh, it's not really very good at all, at all, at all. Uh, Magneto, played by Michael Fassbender. Is, is it the, the last of one. like Fassbender
0: yeah. and Exactly, yeah. Thingy?
1: So Michael Fassbender is about the only one who's kind of worth watching. Almost completely forget. I keep getting these forgettable films where I'm like, that was grand. Mm. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm not... Summer. It. Yeah. And so, um, and it's quite just a sad end to that franchise that's gone on for 19 years. And... Wow. You know, so I think Logan checked out just at the right kind of time uh, with, all, with all that. Uh, Rocket Man. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, very good. So, uh, surprisingly decent. I think from seeing that first trailer, yeah. like, a year ago, you're like, this looks ridiculous. But Taron Egerton is very good at playing. Better as than John. Queen? Uh, I think it's a better constructed film than yeah. Volume and Rhapsody for definite. Yeah. I think so. And I um, just thought they could have gone a bit more... Gritty and to kind of stop, as with Bohemian Rhapsody, to just stop at that era. Mm. It's just kind of like ah, he had some more interesting things. Could have gotten up to Princess Diana. We could have had someone play Princess Diana. Candle in the wind, you know. Yeah, and all that kind of thing. So, and then Diego Diego Maradona. So this is Asif Capadia's final part in what I would call the tragedy trilogy. trilogy anyone else calling it that? Did I invent that? Okay, I invented a trademark. (laughs) Secretary, trademark that. I Um, thought it was quite like... follow Senna and Amy and just people who are known almost by their first name or certainly so yeah. so well known and just there's elements of tragedy and sadness. So there's no talking life.
0: heads in it and it's quite f- like it's almost like fine footage because he hasn't really cleaned anything up. So a lot of the well, film it's you're v- kinda H- watching. VHS you can't shitty clean it up. VHS is so
1: like at This a the you're difference like, with the stuff that's found of the sixties and seventies, yeah. where it's on sixteen a Yeah, it's, uh, it's of a little it's It's a little bit of a a lovely a lovely quality. Um, of it's just always gonna look horrific.
0: Yeah. It's quite sad film I thought because like I don't have I don't think Irish people have the same up hang up with Maradona that English people do. Like Hate him as much, like oh no, I think we love him because of the hand of God, yeah, like, put England out of the world, so Cup. it's quite sad. And I didn't know a lot of the football history with like um Naples, isn't it Naples and Napoli, yeah, going Napoli, to Naples yeah. To play and Napoli. the whole football stuff and all that. So I was like, wow, and joining the mafia and then just taking all the drugs mm. and
1: wasting his career. But yeah, it comes back to this thing of much like, like when we see yeah. the Britney Spears early <clears throat> years documentary when. You know, she shaved... Remember she shaved all her head? Like, when people are allowed to get so So famous famous. and not be supported with the right people, Mm. this is never going to happen again. Like, no one... Like, I love the footage. None of the Instagram social media people, because they will have been switched on from the age of 15 of how to perform. Yeah. Like, whenever someone does break, um, such as a famous Irish UFC star, it'll all happen with the media and all the fans being completely compliant with that person's descent into thingy. I'm not naming um,
0: Anthony. Mm. I love the footage where he comes into the airport initially and he kind of references it like when I came to Italy I was like a god I was like mobbed and when he left like nobody even cared I was just like that's pretty poignant yeah my favourite bit is
1: him talking about before he went to Italy playing for Barcelona where they just give you this lovely clip of him being attacked and kicked and yeah yeah it's proper it's a proper football film but also then brings in all this other society kind of uh, yeah jabroni. um so yeah that's that's all like it's, it's been a it's been a pretty good month mm, i know i mm. caught up on stuff mm. but like there's a lot of very solid stuff that i've seen over the last five weeks
0: yeah, kind of similar for me, uh, Murder Mystery on Netflix. It's Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, kind of murder mystery uh, it? which is kind of funny. It's like he, an old... And uh,
1: as you said when you told me about this, you need yeah. to be in a certain brain state to watch yeah. this, of just, like, feed me some... Garbage. Yeah, this I don't like, want to go to
0: bed, but, like, yeah. I'll watch this. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a mad cast. Like, Luke Evans is in it, uh, Terrence Stamp. Um... David Walliams you know and these people Arf- die after like three minutes, three seconds so. yeah okay. so it's kind of murder mystery uh, it's really and predictable Adam Sandler Jen Aniston beaten. yeah were they ever in a so film together I figure oh yeah were they? Polly yeah. I think they could. <laughs> yeah I think this is probably still part of his crazy Netflix deal where he's done doing like seven films for him. maybe it's the last one Um, then another one which came out in the month was what
1: did give murder mystery by the way two I'd say yeah, I'm on Yeah, I'm even worse.
0: Uh, Papi Chulo. Directed uh, by John didn't, Butler. Didn't get to see this. Yeah, it's a very it's sweet, lovely film. Uh, he's directed Handsome Devil, and he also directed the TV show Your Bad Self, which I was a big fan of. So, um, yeah, Sean is kind of like a TV weatherman. He's kind of like a Martin King, uh, I thought. <laughs> Um And he kind of has a breakdown on air because he's recently broken up with his boyfriend and he has to take some time off. He goes back to his house, gets rid of this plant that his boyfriend loved, and he was like, then he needs to paint his deck because he just painted around the pot plant. So he goes, he keeps trying by this hardware store, and then he realizes that there's all these kind of Mexicans outside it who just kind of go there and be like hired for the day to do jobs. So he so hires. It's set, it's set in present day oh Oh, california in california yeah Yeah. so um matt boomer plays sean and then ernesto is played by alejandro patino so he hires him and then he almost uses him as like a real life counseling thing where he can't understand uh, english and they can't talk to each other so he just talks at him and uh mexican guys just kind of like Okay, cool. And kind of deals with the breakup and everything like that. There's kind of twist in it that I didn't see coming at all. That kind of gives it a bit more weight. And um, yeah, I thought it was very enjoyable. To give it like three and a half. Very good. Yeah, didn't get to see it, unfortunately. And then the final one is Late Night, uh, which is Emma Thompson, who's like a big TV kind of a letterman or, you know, J.L. kind of figure, more old school. I believe what you're trying to say is Tuberty. Yeah. Terry Wogan and it's kind of I, when I was writing the notes for this kind of thing it feels like this film should have come out 10 years ago because it's all about how she's so big and out of touch with everyone and then learns how to get more in touch with people how to become Ellen basically we're like but all go, the late night shows have, have become, done this 5 years ago yeah, or even more like Conan YouTube started stars. this like yeah, where he was like on, on the, street the street and doing all this stuff so it's a kind of a gas film, but, like, there's some funny bits in it. Mindy King. Mindy Calling Mindy Calling is the intern in it who's kind of brought on to, like, kind of turn the show around. And, like, it's pretty harmless, but you feel like, did it really need to be done? It's, uh, it seems like a uh, film for an airplane. Totally, 100%. Yeah. So Other so big cast in it, too, like John Lisko and Reed Scott, who plays uh, Dan from Veep.
1: So oh, yeah. Did you watch it at the end of Veep? I know we're allowed to talk about TV.
0: No, I need to watch... All right, last yeah. episode's mad.
1: Okay. Yeah, what about Game of Thrones? What about all these other things? What We Do in the Shadows? Did you watch it? That's based on a film. Can we talk
0: about TV when it comes from a film? <laughs> sure. The new series, not meant to What great. We Do in the
1: Shadows. It was grand. Okay. Watched an episode and a half only so far.
0: T's not involved with
1: it, though, is he? Uh, Taiki TT is sort of um, exec producer of it, I thought. It's yeah. really
0: just Jermaine Clement, is it? More, more, more so, ma so, yeah. 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 And Matt...
1: And Matt uh, Imagery. Yeah, uh, I'm watching you know him I'm in
0: *Rear the Rabbit*. Okay, he's that's his Channel Four yeah, show. I can't we remember his second name. It'll come to Matt us, Matt Berry. Yes, correct, Barry. Matt Berry. <clears coughs> uh,
1: so yeah, that's it. So I suppose it's, I'm unfortunately going on my holidays this year, so I'm going to miss the Galway Film Flav for the first time I think since 2014. So I think mm. I went to five in a row, maybe six. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but real life meant that I had to go on holidays the previous yeah. time. So anyway, but the schedule is out. I still had a look at it just to see what um what I'm kind of annoyed by. Are you going to get across to it? Don't know.
0: No, it's Lisa's birthday, so we're having a. There's a. D- the family stuff, the dinner stuff. party thing. So, so
1: basically, Spool will not be at we're Galway. We're admiring it from afar, but we wish them very well and we will be back next year to it's go like to It's we're
0: going to take a year off. And... Yeah,
1: it's the follow year. So mm. the Galway 2020 will be the one to be at. So hopefully we'll get to the Cork Film Festival or the Fastnet Film Festival or some other the region. Get out of the capital. Yeah. You know, Something like that. So anyway, but the film that I did pick out as one to watch anyone who is heading west uh, next week... Um, is Extraordinary so in the little blurb it says Ghostbusters meets what we do in the shadows dot 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 in Offaly so um directed by Micah Hearn and Enda Lockman. it's playing the Saturday night at 8pm in the Town Hall Theatre so pretty much the premium slot and uh, it's just got a really good cast, Maeve, Maeve Higgins Will Forte and Um, a couple of people
0: like that. He seems like it'd be a good year to be at it because like Will Forte seems just to be like doing master classes and having the crack like.
1: Yeah. Last man on earth.
0: Yeah. So my pick is The Origins of Alien. It's on on the 10th of July in the Palace uh, cinema and it's kind of just a documentary about Ridley Scott. Did you like the Palace? I'm so sorry to cut you
1: off. Uh, I like Uh, the...
0: Screens and stuff. I oh yeah yeah. yeah. I think it's like this is gonna go against everything because everyone like loves it. Uh, the cinemas are great, but like I think it's a really badly constructed <gasps> cinema. But the architecture. Because when you come out of screen one, you're basically on the street. The Streets. They're not. There's the, nowhere to hang out and like have a chat of what you thought shop. about the film. Yeah. Wow, great! You managed they're to squeeze three screens into like a shoebox of concrete. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting,
1: fascinating architecturally and stuff. But it's like I remember thinking that as well. It's like, oh right, I'm in a, I'm in the, I'm at the,
0: at the and it was an sort of absolute fiasco of construction, but like, yeah. anyway. But I'm delighted they have it. Yeah, good for Galway. Um, the Origins of Alien, yeah, so that's on in the 10th of July. It's 40 years anniversary of its theatrical release in 2019. So, yeah, I really like Alien, prefer to Aliens. Uh, me and Colin went to see it when they did the re-release in the Lighthouse, which is the Palace's theatre, or sister uh, theatre in Dublin, which is better. And, um, yeah, so kind of check that out.
1: Better because it makes you walk up 400 steps Yeah, to get out. So lots of conversation about it. Yeah. Um,
0: very good. So...
1: What we might just then do, because we teased it in the title of this uh, podcast and at the beginning, is just to reflect. We've at the, we're have at we at the 183 day point in the year where we've gotten through six months and a lot of other places decided to do this as usual this year, mm. the best films of the year so far. We're only picking one mm. of each. Um, my best is one I've already talked about, I'm going to give it to Apollo 11. Why not? It had the most cinema experience. I was gripped from the first few seconds. Who knows by the end of the year, the excitement of the summer and um the moon landing anniversary will possibly have worn off and some mm-hmm. other thing from earlier in the year but in terms of that purely cinema experience that just hooked me hooked me in what was Brilliant. your best
0: film uh mine so far is a short film uh that was up for an oscar it's called detainment directed by vincent lamb and it's based on the jamie bulger murder and um It was quite a controversial thing because he didn't seek approval from the family to do it. He did it. The recordings of the interviews are publicly available. So he kind of reconstructed. And it's more so the kids uh, being interviewed by the police to what they've done. And it's, it's horrendous. Like it's so kind of shocking. And the way it's filmed is so intense. And it's just the kids talking. And that's it. But it's really horrifying because you're just sitting there watching it. It's such a hard watch. But it's so enthralling you kind of feel like you're going to throw up you're like you can't watch it people left we got to see it in new york because they do this thing where they put all the short uh, animated films oscars in uh, like a screening so we got to see it Um, thought it was just like when you're saying about apollo in the pure cinema experience it's so visceral it's just like i hadn't seen anything like it won't see anything like it Um, it's very uh, poignant at the moment with what's going on in ireland with certain cases so yeah that yeah, just kind of really real life me. and the
1: fear of everything like that so
0: um your worst film
1: then actually i'll give you my worst oh I, yeah um, my worst is one you've already talked about and murder mystery i just was like how did this get made again you, you people tend to let netflix away with whatever the hell like with these crap kind of things so They're like well i'm not paying much prices are going up on netflix all the yeah. time it's harvesting all this content it's it does a great job of showcasing lots of stuff and i've had like it, the funding it gives a lot of stuff is absolutely brilliant but the fact that it kind of takes these movies that used to live in like petrol station bargain like bins that don't get near cinemas because they're absolutely shite and then puts them at the top of your kind of home screen and plasters them in and by all accounts murder mystery got like the highest ever opening, what they're calling an opening weekend, yeah, which means that technically means the most amount of people saw that film in history in opening weekend by those numbers. Like, they're saying they had 36 million people press play on it. And, like, like, the metrics of it. How many people finished it? How many... Like, they're very selective with their data. I like that they're starting to share a bit of data and putting the scale of what they've achieved into context, but... Um, It just annoyed me that that film is the one that everyone goes to see. And then you get these fantastically constructed real life stories, um, Maradona, Apollo 11. You're mentioning like detainment, like these documentary films that are telling real life stories that make you think. About society and how mm. we can do better yeah and they're not being there but no. anyway but there's lots of there's lots of good stuff we might because next year's our next month is a bit crap we might dip in and pick three films you didn't know were on netflix that you should know about yeah it's a documentary it's to the it's
0: lonely sort of ballad bit. gonna be on the player it was on tv the other night yeah oh cool because i didn't get to see the start of it i think so i presume it will i had I on it so yeah okay so then my worst film of the year is when i saw this month as well and it's uh, godzilla uh what the subtitle See, fresh is fresh in the monsters or yeah fresh right?
1: in the memory we saw the trailer together and i was like that looks really good it looks
0: brilliant uh it's directed by michael Donnerty. he did krampus in 2015 not too much else um i think it's a sequel i didn't even bother to look it up but i realized when it started i was like this seems like a sequel i haven't seen the first one because basically a kid has died we've got kyle chandler um uh, and then we've got Vera uh, Fariga who yeah. are kind of like a mother and father to uh, Millie Bobby Brown people you know Stranger Things kid so the uh, son of that family had died in the previous film or when all the shit kicked off so it's kind of like post-apocalypse all the monsters are out now Godzilla um, uh, what's his name? Roden? Roden? something not happening yet don't know yeah <laughs> um, yeah so it's just terrible the dialogue's terrible it's just so nobody cares about anything sally hawkins is in it for like your favorite actress yeah one of your favorites for 60 seconds right and there's a point where she dies and i was like oh she's not dead because she'll obviously come back and because of the fact nobody has made reference to the fact that she's just died and then sure enough there's some presentation and her face comes up and it's like deceased i was like what the actual fuck uh, the, I do love when they shoehorn like yeah. a, a proper
1: actress into a film. Pamela Adlon of Better Things plays the mother in the uh, Bumblebee Transformers film. Okay, completely yeah. wasted. And yeah, you're like you're just so capable. I'm so glad that that yeah. person's getting a payday though. Yes, Sally exactly. Hawkins yeah, she probably, probably
0: got two million for
1: that. Yeah, so very happy.
0: And Ken Watanabe's in it, and only for the reason to say uh, Godzilla in a Japanese accent. There you go. It's it's so bad. You don't care about anything. It's just yeah. It's really really terrible.
1: Wow. Um, do you have a pick for stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks? Or did I yeah. catch your eye? My is it Once Upon a Time in America? No. No. I think no. that's out the August Bank Holiday Weekend. So we're probably going to preview that next time around. A little bit of a Tarantino chat. I think it's yeah. out early August. I don't
0: it? think it's going to be better than The Hateful eight, eight. I'm one of the oh. few people who really liked that. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. And anyway, I think we're not going, going to preview that though. Yeah. We'll do it next so time. anyway, mine is Never Look Away. Uh, it's coming out... Whenever you're listening to this, it came out on the July, 5th of July, so for us it's this weekend. Uh, it's directed by Florian Henkel von Donnerschmark. Do you know what he directed, or did you see it on my sheet? I do I do know from reading. Yeah, he did, he did the, the Lives of Did he also
1: do The Tourist and some of these other, he's done some shite.
0: So he's kind of returning to German history, and it was Oscar-nominated. Uh, it's an intimate epic which explores the intersection of personal experience, politics, and art for a young couple in the year's following world War two. Um, so it just kind of looks great, sounds really interesting, you know, has Nazis in it an actual drama very good yeah you watching chernobyl watched it yeah very good it's oh, brilliant just, it's very up to, just up to ep5
1: very good very cinematic um again i feel like this whole theme of this whole podcast has been kind of based in the past around yeah. like i've been watching it i watched the,
0: um i've read some stuff about chernobyl where it's basically saying like it's good but like it never happened like that not the okay. like the investigation stuff, where it's just like it's all been way too dramatic Dramatized, and pretending yeah. because it was like communist Russia. But again,
1: it's a lovely drama and it's got people interested yeah. in this kind of thing. When they see us as well as a series to kind of look about for in Central it yet. Park 5. The Ken Burns documentary, the feature when uh, the Central Park 5 is absolutely great. Mm. But between it, Apollo 11, Rolling Thunder, even the fact we had a Spider Man film, it's all very retro. Mm. We talked about Dark Phoenix earlier. I'm now going to wrap up with my pick, which is the fucking Lion King. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um so that's out in a couple of weeks and uh yeah it looks kind of like it looks like i trying it to work out, it, like i was thinking with this film they could just use the audio track from the original 1995 film and just reanimate it, and everyone would go oh wow and it's just weird that yeah. this thing. i love the jungle book but, but is it because kids see wouldn't see yeah probably i guess get
0: so. kids uh and get kids in so the way kids yeah. don't watch remakes they wouldn't watch the original lion king because they're like oh this animation shit and it is. Yeah, it's twenty four years. So why not? Still kind like, of looks cool though. That was probably one of the last kind of cartoony, old, cartoony. Like yeah, that was know. kind of very similar to the Little Mermaid yeah. and. And so the trailers are cool, and the
1: voice cast is phenomenal. To anyone who doesn't kind of Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner, uh, Donald Glover, Beyonce, blah 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 blah, just lots of people. Yeah. So looking forward to that. And um, we'll take something from the original Lion King just to play us out, and we will see you on last day of the month. I think is what we're going yep. to do. Yeah. Perfect. Alrighty. Bye.
0: I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one.